Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmidman, and today we are starting together the third cycle of Torat Imechanach Yomi, beginning with the first parak, the first chapter of Sefer Yehoshua. The learning of this parak is extremely poignant, as this parak would have been the Haftorah read in Israel on October 7th, 2023. May the learning of this parak and the 741 prakim of Tardi Mechanach Yomi be a source of merit, tchus, for those brutally murdered on Simchas Torah and its bloody aftermath. May we see the true redemption and the fulfillment of the sacred Nevuos prophecies speedily in our day. In an effort to provide focus, let's title Perak Aleph, Transition and Transmission. Sefer Yoshua is unique. The Gemara in the Darim, Chafbez Amud Bez, teaches that if not for the Jewish people's sins, it would have been the only Sefer beyond the five books of the Torah given to the Jewish people. Think about it. Nachyomi would have been 24 chapters. Sefer Yoshua is exceptional because it is a fulfillment of the divine promise to the Avos, to our forefathers, to give the land of Canaan to their children. The other Sfarim primarily discuss the history of the Jewish people, how they sinned, and how the prophets, the Nevi'im, tried to get them back on the right path. Sefer Yoshua is also the actualization of the Torah laws that were taught by Moshe in the desert. Up until now, these laws were theoretical, but once the people enter the land of Israel, the 613 mitzvot are able to be observed and the Torah is lived as it was designed. We will see as we journey with Yoshua as our leader and guide, the Sefer contains within it three broad sections, the conquest, kibush, the division of land, chiluk, and the implementation of the mitzvot, including the bris, the renewal of the covenant. Our Sefer opens with our nation's first transition of leadership, from Moshe to Yehoshua. In general, transition can be complicated. We've all experienced change and witnessed transitions. Who is the new leader? Is he the right person for the role? Will the people respect and trust him? What we see here is the model of successful transition. You see, Yehoshua is not a newcomer to our nation's story. He successfully led the battle against Amalek in Rafidim, as we read about on Purim. He waits patiently for Moshe at the foot of the mountain when Moshe returns with the first set of luchos. He is Moshe's loyal assistant and defends his honor in the incident with Eldad and Medad. He is appointed by Moshe to be one of the Maraglim, the spies, to see the highly anticipated land of Canaan, and is only one of two spies who return with a positive report who has courage to face the angry nation. While all the others of the nation perish, condemned for their reaction toward the spies, Yoshua and Kalev merit to ultimately enter the land. Yoshua stands by Moshe's side as he conveys his farewell to the people. These touch points indicate that Yoshua was present and involved during the formative years of the Jewish nation in the desert. The people knew of his devotion and steadfastness to Moshe, and thus his appointment as Moshe's successor was the natural next step. He was the one chosen by Hashem to lead the people into the land of Israel, to conquer the land and divide it among the Shvatim. In the chain of transmission, as cited in Perkei Avos, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, 
We learn that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai, transmitted it to Yehoshua, Yehoshua in turn to the Zikanim, the elders, and then to the prophets, and so on. The responsibility to transmit the oral law, the Torah Shaval Peh, was given to Yehoshua. And while other great leaders were part of this chain, namely according to the Rambam, Pinchas, to Eli, to Shmuel, to David, it's only Moshe and Yehoshua who are recounted by name, as Yehoshua is a direct heir to Moshe. Yehoshua is also known as the author of the Tefillah of Aleinu and the second paragraph of Birkas Hamazon, No Dilacha. Both of these tefillos echoing the love of the land and the uniqueness of our people. Even Yoshua's name gives us insight into his leadership. His name was changed by Moshe from Hoshea to Yehoshua as he was about to embark on the mission of the spies, suggesting that Moshe saw in him great promise and a distinct future. While Hoshea means salvation, adding Yudin Hay means God will save. Ka Yoshiacha miatzas meraglim as his name now began with Hashem's name, Yud and Hey, This change was not only evidence of Moshe's wish for Yehoshua's success on the mission, but also his affirmation of Yehoshua's ultimate role. The Ramban, the 13th century Spanish commentator, provides insight into Yehoshua's surname, Bin Nun, rather than Ben Nun. He explains that aside from the grammatical form, the people would refer to him in this way out of respect, because he was the most prominent of Moshe's students. Binun, meaning wise one, from the root word signifying bina, wisdom. The Gemara in Baba Basra Tesvav Amid Aleph shares that according to Rabbi Yehuda, Yoshua completed the last eight psukim of the Torah as they described Moshe's death. To include Yoshua in this divine text suggests that Yoshua had an elevated stature now and the expectation of success in the future. Yoshua's authorship continues as this Sefer transitions us from the divine authorship of the Torah to a composition written by man with divine direction. And the transition is not Yoshua's alone. His journey mirrors the journey of the Jewish people as they enter into a new reality. They are now leaving behind the simple desert life of the Anane HaKavo, the clouds of glory, and Man, to conquer and settle the land. This nation is not comprised of those who left Egypt, but rather their children, and they have grown up watching Yehoshua and Moshe interact together. They know him, and he knows them. It is this remarkable group, led by Yehoshua, who merits to enter the land of Israel with open miracles. So together, we will learn about transition, we will revisit national traumas, we will establish a new national home, and watch the development of a nation and its leader. I invite you to read the parak together. Let's listen for recurrent phrases that will give us insight into this remarkable transition of leadership and a nation. Sefer Yoshua, Parak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Vayhiyacharev mos Moshe Ever Hashem, vayomer Hashem el Yehoshua bin Nun mesharis Moshe leimar. And it happened after the death of Moshe, servant of Hashem, that Hashem said to Yehoshua, the son of Nun, Moshe's attendant, saying, Vayihi, the first word of the first verse, and it happened, and Vayihi bridges us from the Torah to Sefer Yehoshua, from the desert to the land of Israel, according to Rashi. There's a sense of continuity of leadership, a transfer of the mantle. Yehoshua, in the context of Moshe Rabbeinu, is a loyal Mesharis, he ministered to Moshe, and only once Moshe dies does Yehoshua receive Nevuah and begin to lead.
Bamibar Rabbah describes Yehoshua and his allegiance to Moshe. He got up early to your house of meeting and he left late. He arranged the benches. He served Moshe with all of his ability. Pasuk Beis, verse 2. Moshe Avdi Meis. Moshe, the quintessential servant of Hashem, has passed on. And now Yoshua is being charged with moving the nation forward. Thus, MS explains that Moshe was like the sun. His leadership was concentrated and radiated in all directions. Yoshua, however, was like the moon, who shares the dispersed light with the stars. Yoshua was a leader who understood individual needs and inspired the Shvatim, the tribes, and the people of Israel to fulfill their unique roles. It was going to be Yehoshua who would give each Shevet their unique destination and establish them in the land of Israel. Hashem charges Yehoshua to quickly get up, kum, rise up, lashon ziruz, quickly. And in addition, according to the Barbanel, to rise up from a state of mourning and cross the Yarde, the Jordan River, called as such, according to the Gemara, as it descends from the word yoreid, from dan, shevet dan. It would have been natural for Yoshua to linger, not wanting to assume the role of leader, but now Hashem is charging him to move forward, both Yoshua himself and the people. The entire nation. After 30 days of mourning, it was time to move forward into the land of Israel. At the end of the Pasuk, when referring to the land, Hashem says, Asher Anochi no that I am giving them. Rav Hirsch points out that Hashem refers to himself as Anochi, I. There are two pronouns for I, Anochi and Ani. Anochi implies a more intimate relationship. It's also a restrictive term, I and only I. It directs us back to the receiving of the Ten Commandments at Har Sinai. I and only I am your God. And here in Sefer Yehoshua, Hashem says, I and only I have given you this land. Every place you walk will be yours, from the desert to the Livonon, until the great river, the Euphrates River, or the land of the Chitim, until the great sea, this will be your boundary. And now we see the very famous expression for the first time in Sefer Yehoshua, Pasuk Vav 6. Chazak ve'amatz ki atat hanchil es ha'am hazet es ha'eretz asher nishpati la'avosam l'seis lahem. Be strong and courageous, for it is you that who will cause these people to inherit the land that I have sworn to their fathers to give them. The Vilna Gon explains that Chazak refers to physical strength, while Amat is to have courage in spirit and mind. It's not enough to be physically strong, one must also have confidence and positive energy. This phrase of encouragement appears only 14 times across all of Tanakh, and seven of them are said to Yehoshua. Moshe uses this phrase twice, and Hashem once in Sefer Devarim, and we find it four times in this parak. Three times Hashem speaks to Yehoshua as he entrusts him as a new leader, and once by the people at the conclusion of the parak. Yehoshua shows us that encouragement is not a sign of weakness, but rather it transmits a sense of confidence in a new role. Let's take a deeper look at these four times of Chazak ve'emat. The first time is Pasuk Vav, conquering the land. The message to Yoshua is to be physically and psychologically focused, strong, and present. But, Yoshua, don't think that your message is exclusively to wage battle and conquer the land. The Pasuk reads, Pasuk Zion 7, 
וחזק ואמץ מאוד. Only be very strong and courageous. לשמור, לעשות. To observe, to do. אל תסור ממנו ימין ושמאל. Do not deviate from it to the right or to the left. פסוכס, אי. לא ימוש ספר התורה הזה מפיך. This book of the Torah shall not depart from your mouth. בגיסה בו ימם בלילה. Rather you should contemplate it day and night. כי אז תצליח אסטרחך. Because then you will make your way successful and you will act wisely. And finally, for the third time, when Yehoshua might still be wavering, Hashem reassures him that he will be with him wherever and whenever he goes. So, so far, three times. One for the land, one for the Torah, and one for reassurance as a new leader in a new position whose mentor is no longer there. And now for Yoshua's first command. Yoshua issues a directive to the officers of the people to prepare the nation to travel forward. This directive is issued on the 7th of Nisan, 30 days after Moshe's passing. Yoshua steps decisively forward at the earliest moment to boldly move ahead to assure that the momentum and morale of the people are not lost. Pasuk Yud. Vayitzav Yehoshua es shotrei ha'am lemar. And Yehoshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Now it is time to pass through the camp and command the people, Prepare your food, because in three days we're going to pass over the Yardin to go in and possess the land. Lareshes es ha'aretz, asher Hashem elokeichem nosein lachem lirishta. To possess the land which Hashem, your God, has given you to possess it. According to the Gemara Kedushin, the food which they brought was the remainder of the man, the man which fell in Moshe's merit, spiritual food that stopped falling upon Moshe's passing. But the last day's supply lasted five weeks to afford the people time to enter into the land and gather the produce on their own. Do three days sound familiar? The three days refer us to the three days of preparation to receive the Torah. It's a time for reflection as the people move forward from 40 years in the desert from the wilderness to their homeland. We'll spend time tomorrow looking at the timeline as the people move forward into the land. And then in Pasuk Yudbez, Yoshua addresses Reuven Gud and half of the Shevet of Menashe. These Shvatim were singled out as they had approached Moshe after the conquest of Sichon and Og. They requested the land on the east side of the Yardin, explaining that they needed the land for their cattle. In Bamidbar, Moshe stipulated that the tribes would need to remain with their brothers for the conquest of the land. The tribes offered to remain until the division was complete, and while Moshe did not obligate them to do so, he later in Devarim adds that it is a moral requirement that they be there for both the conquest and the division. Yoshua here repeats Moshe's words, and he gives two reasons why they should remain. Your families are settled. You have to wait until all the people of Israel are settled too. And while you have your land, you also need to be there until the rest of the people have theirs. Listen to the words of the two and a half tribes as they respond to Yehoshua. Pasuk Tezayin 16. Kol asher tzivisenu naaseh ve'el kol asher tishlachenu nelech. All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Pasuk Yudzayin 17. Kechol asher shamanu el Moshe kein nishma elecha. Naaseh v'nishma, we will do and we will listen. We've heard these words before at Harsinai. Powerful words that communicate faith and trust. 
They close their words by saying, any man who rebels against you or doesn't listen to your words in what you command them will be put to death. And finally, rock, chazak, ve'emaz. Only be strong and of good courage. Not only does Yahushua receive words of affirmation and confidence from Hashem, but our parak closes with the people, even those Shvatim, who could have reneged on their military duty, supporting Yahushua in his new role. Yahushua, who had never strayed from Moshe's side, is the beacon of trust for the Jewish people, the person who the people can now put their trust in and follow as they move forward into the land. There is no one more worthy to serve in this role, to be Moshe's successor as a leader of the Bnei Israel and the transmitter of his teaching. Leadership change is challenging, both for the new leader and for the people. But we learn in this parak that with the words chazak ve'ematz, be strong and courageous, we can all journey forward. Thank you for learning together. Le'ilu'i nishmot, imotenu hayikarod, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.